This is Unclaimed Bands, show 60. All right. Uh, hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight we're coming from the legendary Dobbs at 304 South Street in Philadelphia. And tonight our guest uh, is Sweet Lita. Um, welcome. Thank Hi. you for uh, joining Thanks. us. Thank you so much. <laughs> or um, oh, yeah. we could be called Sweat Lita. Yeah, well, it's going to be that way in a little bit up here. It will. So uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll just keep trying to keep things rolling so everybody stays fresh as a daisy for when they play and sweat on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, I wanted to ask, we're just going to start right out of the gate. Uh, how did you guys get together? How did you start playing? How did this band form? Well, I started dating Jamie, the bass player, mm-hmm. I would say um, 11 years ago. And he's always been in bands. I've just done like the acapella thing, you know, being in choirs, but I've never done anything like in a band. Mm-hmm. So we started dating and he had always played and his stepfather had always played. So uh, one day he brings me to his parents' house for dinner and we're having hors d'oeuvres and we're making dinner and we're drinking wine and then after dinner, you sit in the living room and you jam. That's what you do. Cool. So uh, his stepfather said, Julie, I heard that you sang at some choirs or something. You know, do you want to sing a song? So um, I started singing and um, Jamie and I started playing music together and we've never stopped. Okay. So, uh, she started to, singing. Yeah. yeah. And he stopped playing and said, where the fuck did you find this girl? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was so, outside uh, being a peeping Tom looking in the window and I busted in and yeah. said, can I please play with you? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, and also so, make music. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we started as like a, an acoustic thing. Uh-huh. And then eventually we built it into uh, a full band and here we are, man. Jules and I actually started two bands at the same time. One was was with my parents doing, you know, like the the you know the the family band, the the, the jazzy, folksy, bluesy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, and at the same time, when she and I met, we started working with this producer, doing also an acoustic thing and uh, and and recording an album together. And one was Bittersweet, and the other one was Lita's Charm. The family band was Lita's Charm, and the uh, the other band with the producer was Bittersweet and. Um, after after finding Don and our guitarist Omar, um, <laughs> who's who's right over here to our left, but he he, he, he can't he can't he can't he can't talk today. Um, <laughs> He's in a timeout. And uh, but yeah, after Don and Omar joined the band, this is you know a few years of, of us going through a couple different musicians, and and Lita's charm had ended. Uh, Bittersweet and Lita's charm basically became Sweet Lita. Okay, All right. yeah. so that's how you guys got the start. All right, and how long have you been together now? Fan-wise, a sweet leader. I think it's six years. Six years? I think so. We have a lot of trouble, you know, because it changes every year. You know, once we learn, okay, I think we've been together four years. And then another year goes by, and we have to add one to that. So it's hard to remember. But I think think it's six. If if you don't remember the first five, it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) One can be a very... Deceptively <laughs> tricky number to add to anything. Depends on how you calculate days, too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, uh, where did the name Sweet Lita come from? Well, that definitely ties into the family band. Okay. See, um, I, I gave him a good segue there, didn't I? You sure did. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, uh, the family band was Lita's charm, gotcha. and that was because I gave his stepfather. A CD by the artist called Ida, but he can't remember words, so he would always say, "Oh man, let's put in that CD." Um, Lita, Lida, Loda, Lita, and it was Ida. So uh, when the family band needed to pick a name, we thought it would be funny to pick Lita mm-hmm. because he always uses that made-up word. And uh, when the family got together for band practice, we always had um, a charm on our wine glass to distinguish between you know our different glasses so we were Lita's charm this band was bittersweet okay but uh years went by and we found a couple more bittersweet bands out there and we realized you know it's hard to find us you know now with i mean google if you google bittersweet you know you're going to be sorting through a lot of chocolate i guess yeah so uh (laughs) we decided that uh yeah (laughs) So um, 
Jamie's stepfather passed away, so that band, you know, was not going to continue because that band was all about family. Mm -hmm. So um, I wrote like a goodbye email to our family and fans, and I said, um, "Rest in peace, sweet Donnie, and goodbye, sweet Lita." And that kind of stuck in Jamie's head, so uh, bittersweet decided to change to Sweet Lita. And that way we honor his stepfather who encouraged him to play music in the first place, encouraged him to pick up the bass. And so it's, the name certainly means just music and family to us. That's cool. Yeah, I love telling the story. That's, that's <laughs> very cool. Yeah, I, I think I, it's special and yeah. adorable. I, I, you know what, definitely one of the better, uh, better true stories of how bands get their names you know, from some of the times I've, I've asked that question and you go what you did and you were in the shower okay right yeah. okay cool I don't want to know anymore right now yeah <laughs> it's uncensored but it doesn't have to get x-rated <laughs> so I wanted to ask about uh, one of your songs that uh, I liked immediately when I heard uh, heard your uh, CD um, let her love her can you talk oh. a little bit about uh, about that and the writing behind it the inspiration um we started playing in Rehoboth. Uh, I mean, it's been at least four years, maybe five mm -hmm. years. And, you know, there's a very strong gay community there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would say that the bar that we would play in was a, a lesbian bar. Um, we have developed so many lifetime friendships in that town. You know, when they like you, they love you. Mm -hmm. And and so if we play on a Saturday, we're coming down on a Friday so we can party with them or we're staying an extra day so we can hang out with them. And and uh, we just we love them, man. Uh -huh. And I, you know, one day, you know, that this stuff is um, on the ballots now and it, it's a hot topic. And yeah. I mean, all all four of us feel more than 100% strong Why? <laughs> that uh, you know we want to let people know how we feel about this so I said you know I really want to write a song about how we feel mm -hmm. about supporting the gay community supporting equality um, so I think one day we just started jamming on nothing you know just sort of warming up the practice and a lot of times I'll just open my mouth and then see if a melody and words come out mm -hmm. and let her love her came out. I know a girl came out and then it just sort of like pieced together. So I also, I'm a, a decent little uh, rapper. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's true. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and rap I'll, I'll get down one. with some salt and pepper. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Some seasoning. So, uh, some seasoning. So uh, I said, you know what? I think that this song would be really fun to write a rap to. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've rapped before covers, but I've never written my own. So we kind of had a hole in the song. You know, we, we left like a room for some lyrical stuff. So we performed this song at a festival in Annapolis one day. And the lead singer and rapper for this band called The Higher Hands. Mm -hmm. They are fantastic. He was there and he heard this song. And it turns out that both his mom and his sister are gay. And wow. we didn't know. So after the set, it's a brand new song for us. He ran up and he said, what was that song that you guys just played? I'd never heard that. It blew my mind. He was, he was wide-eyed. I mean, he had, he had where did that come so from? So touched. That's Jay Crawford? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Crawdads. Crawdads, excuse me. Crawdads, yeah. Jay Crawford. Well, his real name is the Crawford, but yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. he said, you know, I know you guys are recording a CD, so, I mean, I would love to, you know, help, be involved. I mean, anything. And we were like, well, you know, <laughs> we actually are interested in putting a rap in here. I mean, do you want to get in on this? So um, he worked on it. We booked the studio time. We never heard a word of what he would do. Jamie and I were in the studio. He comes in months later and he goes in the booth and lays down his verse, sings um, on the chorus, 
and Jamie and I, we were just, we were just like bawling little babies, you know, like we were just like holding each other and crying and like his words were just so beautiful mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they honor his family. And so, I mean, it, it's so important to us, but the fact that we were able to collaborate with him in that way really brought us closer together. And, uh, I'm so happy with how it turned out. Oh, yeah, it's a great song. Jay and Jay, Jay is a very talented artist. Um, yeah. but you know, when, when, when somebody is, is expressing themselves about something that's, that's very, very important to them, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they take it all the more seriously. So we, we had no idea what to expect. And Jay said, Hey, look, man, I, I, if, if I could put down my verse and if you, if you dig it, then you leave it. If not, then you just cut me, a, cut me a track for my family. And you, if you cut me off of it, I don't care. And so we, we, we knew going in, I mean, we, we figured we'd like what he'd do, but we knew going in, Hey, you know, We'll, just, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and his 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 first take had all of us in the booth just looking at each other, going, "What? <laughs> oh man!" Yeah, I mean, he, he came in just just rehearsed and just on on point, and um, and yeah, it, it just it really pushed the song over the top for oh, us. Oh yeah, I can't imagine that that song without that part, yeah. man. Cool. Hell yeah. I you know what I, I listening to it now several times. I I agree with you. It just fits perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was kind of curious about that. And it's one of the other reasons I wanted to ask because I couldn't, I couldn't find anything about him while researching this. That's why. Mm. But uh, yeah, his band is man. They lay it down. And what's the name of the band again? Higher Hands. Higher they hands? um, okay. they lay down some serious funk. Ass. Yeah, yeah, real well. funky, fresh. You know, they they sing, but then they rap, and uh, they're exceptionally talented players. What's what's their uh, their line? Um, um, Funk, soul fusion with a twist. Funk, soul fusion with a twist of rhyme. Yeah, and like lettuce or with like more of a vocal part to it. Yeah, yeah. Like rap and stuff like Um, that. The uh, the keyboardist Larry Byrne is one of those musicians who can just play anything and just you know just bends bends your mind um, three ways while you're listening to him. He he played keys on I think eleven out of twelve songs on our album. Um, their their old sax player played on three songs. Um, Larry not only mm-hmm. played keys but also played baritone sax on three songs. Um, so yeah, high, higher wow. hands higher hands are all over our our album. And that had um, a bit to do with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, those those <laughs> those guys are fantastic. Anybody listening to this oh, definitely yeah. needs to look up higher hands. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I know I definitely went through this. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a listen to one of your songs? Um, cool. What are we gonna hear? Well, I think that we could do what I need first. Mm -hmm. This one is fun because uh, I came up with this chorus in my head um, for a while, and (laughs) and uh, but it took us a a really long time to like work it into an actual song, Uh you know. So. <laughs> we got. I, uh, if, if you can't hear, if, if anybody oh, listening to this can't hear, hear can you hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this, this, that's Either the sound of the South are, Street. Either people are just enjoying each other's company, it, or they're yelling. Is it the Bible thumpers again? No, oh, it's a cop. It's a cop. Oh, it's, it's a, a cop. cop. Oh, oh, so. Oh, that's not good. So we shouldn't oh. open the window and yell at him to shut the f- up? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you can say fuck. We're doing an interview over here. Fritz, Fritz is about to throw up in the window and go, Hey, yo, shut yeah. up. I mean, and then he saw it was the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so rare. That's, that's not good when the manager's getting yelled at. Maybe they're arguing that one guy wants to put mayo on his cheesesteak and the other one is like, you don't do that around here. It is frowned upon. God, yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, on me all night. We're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go there with Dom uh, Boy here. Oh, I'm, um, I, I, yeah, I will destroy what Dom Boy puts on a cheesesteak is embarrassing. Sacrilege. That means I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> all right, so what are we listening to? The uh, so this is, um, this is called "What I Need." Okay. Oh, 
what is and what I need. Oh, your food can barely ever feed. Oh, your loving is and what I need. Baby, give me what I need. joined omar has uh, arrived so he's going to be joining the interview with us thank you for uh, being able to be here i guess it was a little rough with the traffic man slightly mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just just a little right Probably okay. some of the worst ever but yeah you know uh, with, with your with your songs um all of them mm-hmm. uh you can see a lot of thought in the you know not only the music which is great but also the lyrics can you uh, can you talk a little bit about you know what the songwriting process is like mm-hmm. how does it start someone coming with a riff someone work with the lyrics first or you know, is it, is it you know, it, how much of a hodgepodge? It, it, it really, it really does vary a lot. Um, some songs that we have started with with Jules. Um, Jules plays plays keys as well. She doesn't do it live so much, um, but uh, but I'll I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and give a spoiler alert that the uh, the live keys are the live keys are in the near future. But um, but she's 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 got a piano background, so um, cool. Jules will sometimes write with you know, starting off with with keys. Um, so sh- there, there are a few songs that started there. Um, in practice, sometimes Omar might just start jamming on something that I think, just like any band, you're you're in practice and somebody starts playing something that makes everybody mm. else's heads snap around and go, dude, 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 oh. keep keep doing that. Whatever you're doing right now, keep doing. Like, that's how Letter Lover started. You know, he started playing this 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 guitar riff, and mm. we all just said, dude, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. And that's when Jules just bam came up with with that line. Um, so it, sometimes it, it's just it really just starts with with a spark. Um, we, we definitely write. Uh, Omar's a riff factory. Yeah, he yeah, can no, poop riffs. He actually does sometimes. Yeah. That's Ooh. True. <laughs> yeah. Not, you actually said that before. It's I'm like, not healthy. Like, dude, dude, I can shit riffs. Watch <laughs> this. Now, now I sound like an. You make a crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was good. Um, but we've also had songs start with a, a bass line. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's just no formula to it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what I need, the song that uh, that y'all just heard, that one actually, Jules started to Jules started to tell the behind the story on on the behind the scene on that one before the uh, b- b- before, before the, the cop. before the yeah. cops outside started ruined uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, nothing, nothing but respect, nothing but respect. They just need to st- you know, stop stepping on our interview. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, no, so so Jules started to tell this earlier. Uh, what I need is actually a song where she had she had this chorus. Um, this chorus hook and we started jamming on it and we had this really this this really fun jam that we were all really really digging and what we did was we just we were in the studio with our producer Mm -hmm. and he was feeling it we were all feeling it so we just jammed on it for a while and she would sing this hook and she started making up some some lyrics here and there but we just started jamming on this hook and then once we were finished, we listened back and we said, "This is really cool. Let's just let's just edit out. Let's just find the, the coolest spots." Um, and and we edited it down and said, "Yeah, that's that's the song." And then we all looked at Jules and said, "Okay, um, we're about to finish this album, so you need to write a couple of verses real quick." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So no it was a throw together song. Yeah, songs really? come from anywhere. I mean, every every which way from Sunday. I had to just throw down some some words and and force <laughs> some verses, you know, to finish this thing, but. Sometimes, I mean, it just comes so naturally, and I thought about all the people that annoy me on a regular basis, and like the words, they just flowed like butter. Like butter. <laughs> like, like butter. And now, like butter. I mean, we start a lot of our sets with that song. You know, we love that song. It, it's, it's home. It's just so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so fun to play, and that was like one that we just threw together. But not tonight. Yeah, it's on our set list for tonight. It's a set list for tonight. Yeah, we're finally giving it a break. You know, you get in, into a pattern of of you play a lot of like forty minute sets. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. we can do a lot of the same songs, but ninety nine percent of the time it's our it's our first song. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask. Um, you guys first had an EP, Bittersweet. Uh, then you had your uh, full CD, uh, Need the Music. Uh, and then since two thousand, since then you've released two singles, actually three, but we'll get to the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a new model for you, or is this something you guys are doing to keep, like, kind of keep in the public until you come up with another CD? Are you working on a new CD? Um, <clears throat> yeah, we really like, um, you know, we just like playing shows, so we we do a lot of those. But we thought, well, you know what, that that comes through. Like, why don't we just do some kind of live album? But man, <laughs> we are. We are picky bastards. <laughs> yeah. We really are. So we recorded a few shows, and I mean they're fine, you know. But it's just how can you stick with something when you know that you could do it better? Right. Yeah, right. So we really thought that we would be coming out with a live album. I mean now, you know, or, okay. or soon. It it, it but might. It's 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 on the to do list. It man. might be in the can. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very. I find it's very difficult for any band to catch their live sound, you know, yeah. and just really capture it. Unless yeah. you have a crap load of money. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most bands don't have that. No, it's surprising, right? I know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> now, we, um, so we, we, we've recorded about four, I think four different, maybe five different live shows now. Um, also, part of this came because um, just over a year ago, we started playing with a, a pretty killer sax player um, yeah. by the name of Ron Holloway. Yep. Um, Ron used to play. He, he played with Dizzy Gillespie for 15 years. Wow. Um, his current band is the uh, the Warren Haynes Band. He's a full time member of the Warren <clears> Haynes <throat> Band, um, which of course he plays then with the Allman Brothers a lot. Um, he plays with Little Feet a lot. He's on Dave Matthews' latest live DVD. Like he just plays with so many stellar players. He's an unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable player and uh, and a really interesting, really really cool guy. Um, and we, we, you know, we're very, uh, very happy to be playing with Ron. Maybe, maybe about fifty of our shows, or fifty, yeah, fifty percent of our shows, um, with with Ron. And um, we realized, you know, we might not have Ron forever, so let's just go ahead and start recording some sets um, while we while we have this guy, because um, he's just he's just such a stellar player that that he definitely drives us. He definitely pushes us. Gotcha. Um, so that was kind of what sparked it, and then we thought, you know. Maybe, maybe this will turn into a live album. Um, we do have a producer um, mm-hmm. who he thinks that we've got. He, he he thinks that what we've got is good. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna you know we, we like to give him the reins and let, yeah. let him have a little uh, a little say in that. So I, th- I think the live thing is coming, and I think we we have. I think we have enough new material right now to at least do an EP. Uh-huh. So what we're thinking maybe next is either a couple more singles because we know that that's that's a little, little bit of a trend. Yeah. Um, but maybe we just, might just do a live EP and and a live studio 
That's, that's what, what we've been talking about lately. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, the next thing I wanted to ask, and this is for each of you, uh, I heard a little bit, obviously, when we first got here, <laughs> about the uh, Roots Rock Review. Uh, what was that like for, for each one of you? Mm. Um, this, uh, <clears throat> I guess it happened a month ago. It was called Roots Rock Revival. Oh, excuse me. Roots Rock Revival. <laughs> Stand corrected. All good. <laughs> I forgive you, man. Thank you. <laughs> so few do. So, <laughs> so, two members of the North Mississippi All-Stars and two members of the Almond mm. Brothers, specifically Butch Trucks and... O'Teal Burbridge, mm-hmm. uh, they decided to put on this music camp, and it was in the Catskills Mountains in New York. Mm-hmm. So it's this amazing, amazing uh, like campground area. It's gorgeous. So what people do is it's like a vacation you pay and you go and you can either camp or you stay in like you know little like cabin type of places and during the day these rock stars teach classes where you're in a room full of 10 to 50 you know people and uh you all eat your meals together rock stars and campers Uh and then at night they perform for you and then it turns into a jam. So you not only get to take classes from these amazing musicians mm-hmm. and uh, you know hear about their experiences, and, but then you, you get to eat lunch with them, you get to be in the mountains, and then you get to jam with them at night. So I guess, so they didn't want the same thing to happen every night, they wanted to break it up and have one band come join them on the Tuesday night and open for them. So I don't know why they did this, but they picked us. (laughs) We were the only band. I mean, when we were first chosen, we figured it was kind of like a festival thing where they invited Mm -hmm. maybe a few bands a day. And then when we started, you know, piecing things together and understanding what this event really was, we realized we were the only band, man. Like, it was crazy, so... And we thought that we... I mean, we, playing with Ron Holloway, we know it's going to open some, some doors. Um, it's going to yeah. connect us with some people. And, and since this is uh, an Allman Brothers thing, we, we, we thought, oh, there's a pretty good chance that we got picked because they saw we played with Ron Holloway. Um, but when we <laughs> met Butch Trucks... Um, who is a trip and a half? Um, mm-hmm. When we met Bush Trucks, dog. He, he gave us yeah, him his dog. Really cute his, his dog. dog he Dorothy, has. Cindy, uh, Cindy, Cindy. Yeah, Cindy? Yeah. Um, he gave us a uh, he gave us this very animated story about how um, how you know it was on him to pick the band, and he was going through a bunch of videos, and he wasn't finding what what he felt was the right fit for this camp, and then he came across us, and he said, "Man, that girl can sing, that band can jam," and he said, "That's my band," and then. He realized that Ron played with us, oh, and wow. that was a cherry on top for him. So that was really, really flattering to hear that, that he, he chose us and then was just even more amped because Ron was there. So I, I, you know, we, we got this acceptance letter, and there was a personal mm-hmm. message from Butch, Butch Trucks saying, Hey, man, excited to have you guys, and uh, if Ron's available, he's a friend. Please, please bring him. <laughs> um, so we we got to open in a, in a in a tiny little venue um, with a, a, log a, a yeah, yeah little log cabin with maybe eighty ninety people yeah and um, it was us and um, and then and then we were directly followed by the Roots Rock Revival Band which was um, Butch Trucks on drums O'Teal Burbridge on bass uh, Luther wow. Dickinson from the uh, Luther and Cody Dickinson from the uh, North Mississippi All Stars on guitar and drums respectively. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty fantastic. Um, it was it was a really wild experience to get to share that kind of intimate setting with them, and um, you know, being a longtime fan of of all those players, and of course, you know, O'Teal with um, with the uh, uh, Aquarium Rescue Unit just as, as a bass player, mm-hmm. it was. Pretty freaking wild to you know just share and we're we're sharing drums we're sharing back line you know O'Teal comes up to me afterwards when it, when it turns into a jam and he's like he's like come on man hop up grab my bass hop on up there um, so yeah you know uh, Luther Dickinson and I were were helping you know working with some different people it, it was it was just wild you know that was that's that's my take to get back to your question I'm gonna move down the line and that mm-hmm. let the, let the what other was it talk. like for you guys it was amazing I mean how often do you get to are you picked by like a legend of music to come play his thing. Oh yeah, um, huge honor, man! It was 
I mean, everything they said, and you know, it, 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 there's not a whole lot you can add to it. But from my perspective, it was amazing, just because you get to hang out with these people who are legends, and they're all not just amazing musicians and great people, but they're also really good at teaching. Yeah. Like O'Teal's yeah. class. Yeah. Was not just a good music lesson. It was just it was like a good lesson overall that you could use actually in any point in your life. Um, Cody Dickinson's class. It wasn't like a super advanced lesson. It wasn't like a master's class where he's like talking about paradiddles or Swiss triplets or anything crazy like that. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he basically was getting like the first half of the class, actually most of the class almost. Um, he was. It's like he was getting samples for him to use on tour. He had everybody clapping at different intervals and doing different things with like different drums and things like that, like sampling all that so he could use it on the next tour and, get and getting everybody together. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. really, really, really cool. And you can just hang out with these guys just like the regular people. I mean, of course they are, Yeah. but you're in a setting where everybody's yeah, on the same level. There's a lot less ego involved. Yeah, it was That's great. Cool. And the food was awesome. Food was <laughs> awesome. I'm surprised oh, Julie, Julie didn't mention anything about that. It was catered. Like, they've got, I don't know who they have catering it. I guess it's their own joint doing it. Yeah, I think they oh, did it. Uh, they had sandwiches, um, just yeah, yeah. all kinds of great stuff, man. All, Salad bar, all good, healthy stuff, too. Homemade soup. We have nice. to plug a Full Moon Resort who hosts these, oh, these, yeah. uh, these master camps. And um, Full Moon Resort also catered um, uh, Mountain Jam, which was the oh, following yeah. weekend. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they, they, well, they, they, I'm sorry, they catered. The artist's <laughs> food. Yeah, at, not not everybody else. At, yeah. at Mountain Jam, yeah. that was the, the hot dog vendor. And <laughs> bef before I turn the mic back over to Omar here, Don Boy reminded me of something, which is that um, one of the coolest things that that I took from that from the whole experience was all the artists that put this thing on: Luther, Cody, O'Teal, Butch. Um, they were so into what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, these were not just a bunch of guys who saw an opportunity to make a buck. Yeah. These were a bunch of guys who really, really just <clears throat> really dug into um, working with all these artists. I mean, anybody who wanted to come, you can imagine that as something like this, there's, there's people, there's musicians like us who have paid to be there. Um, there are hobby musicians. There are people who are older and retired um, who just kind of wanted. But they were they were so into what they were doing. They were so um, into sharing and and jamming. Um, you know, when when they opened the the stage up to other people, Luther just takes off his guitar, looks at the room, and says, "Who's up? Hop, <laughs> hop on up. Who's who's up next?" Yeah. Um, and that was that was real impressive. Um, there's jams also like like open jams like literally all night long. Yeah, if you wanted yeah. to go till like six in the morning, you could. There's like there's uh, two other places set up. It's like three drum kits, amps, guitars, yeah. in two different other spots other than the cabin. And I think Luther Dickinson was hanging out till like three or four in the morning yeah. jamming with people. Huh. Yeah. Wow. As we were all probably a little too intoxicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What about you, Omar? What was it like for you? Um, I guess the put it in the least amount of word words. It's like uh, sort of being in the presence of giants who managed to not step on us, and they were very gracious yeah. and wow. yeah, they were um, very accommodating and very warm and open. Um, I guess probably the most, besides playing right in front of these legends, um, probably the most and um, the thing I'll take away from it the most besides it being nurturing and everything was um and something that these three didn't get to share and I, I guess it was just a timing thing they may have been at another clinic or something but i i walked into a, a sort of a, a history lesson of, of the almond brothers with butch trucks which was wow. um very intimate it was um i think a fellow from guitar center i believe um i don't know i don't remember his name who had started taking pictures of the almonds as a teen and and really was this pesky little kid who hung out with uh with the almonds and and they knew him as the pest and and he uh he took these amazing photos and as for as long as he was able to before he was sort of ousted because of new management um but uh along with that that little powerpoint photo display um butch gave these very colorful stories when uh a picture may have inspired him and it was a very that was probably the most amazing thing to hear some of those those stories from from Butch, and that was this was seconds before we were leaving. I, I think I caught about thirty minutes of it, and I was 
I was just glued to my seat, really. Oh, and and that was something that you're just not going to get in the magazine. You're certainly not going to get some of those in print. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty special. So that was the thing I, I think that, um, that's going to stick with me for mm. a long time, yeah. That's very cool, very cool. Yeah. I, I do want to add that on top of all of that, it was the most amazing weather yeah. I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there weren't any clouds in the sky. It was a clear blue sky. And when we were driving on the way to the campground, oh, there's a waterfall. Oh, there's <laughs> another lake. So we were pulling the van over, taking pictures. I mean, it, it was it was overwhelming. You know, there were there was just so many good things that happened. I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite experiences. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we uh, take a pause and listen to another song? you guys about um your involvement in uh, movies okay mm-hmm. uh and you've had a couple songs but uh the one song lovely molly um you uh, you were asked to uh, record that for uh, for a movie horror movie and uh, i know i happen to know how that song goes and uh the tempo of it did you find it difficult setting it to that type i mean man that's really just kind of eerie actually, when you listen to that it's line. almost in free time because we actually oh, i'm sorry we actually based the tempo and the meter of that song off of Julie. Yeah. Usually it's based off of what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Like I'm usually like the anchor for that. For that, just because of the way that it was arranged and the way that we were doing it, it was really based off of Julie's phrasings. And when she was kind of taking her breaths and going into the verse and her meter and rhythms and all that stuff. So it was actually a very backwards recording process for us. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it turned out pretty it, creepy. Maybe we should 
back up and say that it, we, our, our job was uh, <clears throat> to take an old Irish folk song, which is very fast-paced and has a jolly sound yes. to it, <laughs> and we had to um, rearrange it and record it so that it could be played immediately when the movie ended and the credits started to roll. And it's a horror film, so mm -hmm. it needed to sound freaky. So we have to take this chipper little ditty and turn it into something scary. So um, it was uh, it was a challenge. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was I thought it was great, and uh, I mean, it seemed to me to be a, a departure from just you know your music you guys already make your originals. Uh, I'd really like to see what you guys do with Sesame Street theme because uh, <laughs> I think that would be uh, <clears throat> kind of cool. Kind of, kind of. There could be a whole horror movie based on that. I think Big Bird ends up dead or something. Uh, Down in Sesame no! Street. <laughs> as long as nothing happens to Elmo, please. God. No, 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 no. no, Elmo's gonna end up being please the hero God. in the end. Elmo's we the one. Came here for the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, can, can we expand on the, uh, yeah, on the whole lovely thing? It. So it's um, it's it's a really really <clears throat> wild and cool um, horror film. I mean, horror, but but very much. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not a slasher film. It's no. um, it's it's um, it's it's definitely more psychological thriller. Um, very very creepy. Very very freaky. Um, it's made by Haxon Films, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, the director Ed Sanchez. Um, these are the guys who made the Blair Witch Project, and they they've they've teamed up with uh, Court Five. Um, which is uh, Mark Rodesky, the producers Mark Rodesky and Jane Fleming out of L.A. Mark Rodesky was one of the executive producers on the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a very, very interesting team of, of people. And um, long story short, the director and one of the producers came across our band. They, they liked us. They asked us to do a, a custom end title credit song. Um, the, the the film was originally called something else, but they had to change the name because another movie came out right around the same time with the same, same name. name. Yeah, um, they had found the song "Lovely Molly," this old Irish folk song um, that actually ties in. It does tie into the film. I won't say any more than that. But but the song Don't and the lyrics away. tie into the film. <laughs> um, the, the the film has very little score, uh, but the score that was done was done by the band Tortoise. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you guys are familiar with that. They're a um, very cool band, uh, definitely indie. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's probably one of those musicians, you know, a, a musician <clears throat> musician geek kind of band. Um, fantastic, and so they had already kind of started sampling a little bit of the melody in their own creepy way in in the film. So the uh, the filmmakers thought it'd be really cool to actually have this song sung by a female voice because the uh, the lead in the film is 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 a, is a female. Yeah. Um, so they they thought wouldn't it be cool to have this song done in a creepy way, kind of similar to what Tortoise is already doing, but by a female voice. They asked it to do this, and uh, we were flattered to, you know, to, to to have the opportunity to get to do that. And then we were completely confused by how to approach it. So we just sat down and started messing with it. And like like Don said, you know, we let Jules, we were we we had just had Jules take the lead with the melody, and then we just started. You know, building in the uh, the, the the bed uh, behind the behind the vocals. It was nice that we, you know, of course this has to be done tomorrow. Blah blah blah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we had um, two nights in the studio to get it done, oh, two, two which nights. Wow. Uh, yeah. was a blessing because I mean, like I said, you know, we take a lot of pride in our work. Mm -hmm. We're perfectionists. We're picky bastards, and it's not a bad thing. Nope. But the thing is, oh. like. We could have spent so much more time adding stuff and and evaluating, and but uh, we had to just get in there. We worked with uh, Drew Mazurik, who yeah. is amazing, and he was super patient with us. And and uh, we, you know, were experimental, and but we just had to lay the shit down, and we did it in two days. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, that's it. You can't do any more. We need to turn this in, which was, you know. Good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like doing very artistic homework. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 great analogy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. could totally see people getting fun. this in in some kind of a music class. You know, yeah. taking a song of one genre and and completely gutting it and, and reforming it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So wow. it, it was wild, man. It was also fun because our uh, our producer wasn't available at the, um, within that time frame, but uh, Drew Mazurik, who uh, is a very accomplished uh, engineer. 
um, Drew had mixed our album, so we had already gotten to know Drew pretty well. He's got like credits like Linkin Park and shit like that. He's yeah. very, very, very talented. Um, so I called him up and I said, "Hey, man, uh, here's our budget. Here's our time frame. Are you available?" And he said, "Yeah, man, come on in." So it was, mm-hmm. it was the first time we got to work with Drew, and and um, he definitely he had just ended up being the right personality. He helped. He he definitely was a part of of just. Um, uh, allowing us to let the creative juices flow, and I mean, I we had a, we had a we had a bow. I w- it's it's the one and only time I've ever used a bow on my bass. Um, okay. Omar was using a bow. Actually, I think we used the bow on the bass, not on the guitar. No. E- Ebo no. or something like that. I use an Ebo and a slide and and a lot of hitting of the guitar. There's no actual strum right. on the guitar. That's right. Piano. Omar wow. Omar never strums the guitar in that entire song. It's all just him banging on the guitar while. Uh, I got to go back and listen to it again now. Yeah, yeah. it and sounds I, like a piano, but there's no. It's only guitar, bass, and drums in there. Besides the vocals, of course, mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. instrumentally, it's just yeah. Wow. Yeah, we used a bow on the bass and the cymbals. And, the cymbals, yeah. and there's actually, I don't know if, if it's if it's up in the mix at all, but I did like with these super huge mallets. I did a, an open roll during the, the the entire thing for like five minutes, just so we could mm-hmm. fade it in and out in different spots. Yeah, it was one of the most painful things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Worth Jeez. it. Besides your, Worth fi- it. besides your other film work. Well, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. We won't talk about that. <laughs> That's, I'm still sore with that too. <laughs> Let's just stick with the one film, the curveball. <laughs> just um, <laughs> this uh, this question is for each one of you. Okay, uh, I want you to put yourselves in the um, in the shoes of a fan who's seen you for the first time, and Sweet Leader just got done playing. What five words would you use to describe what you just saw? Wait, you want us to give? You well, if you're a fan watching Sweet Leader for the first time. And uh, you guys just got finished. The band just finished playing. What what would you use to describe? Be five words or a little bit more than that. Don't worry about fitting it all together. I got mine. Mm, sexual, high energy. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Jamie. Oh man, what five words? Um, Forcing you. Yeah. To I'm, narrow it down. I yeah, know. dude. Sucker. Well, I use five and twenty-five. Can do. How about just That's sticking right. at five, right. son. <laughs> I can see this is really a challenge for you. Well, I mean, just the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already over. Well, five. it's not the words. It's the it's the idea of, of you're asking you're asking me to praise myself and and and, and it's and it's being recorded. You try um, to think about five it, words. Think that, that bass player was no uh, no um, soulful, um, sexy. Um, powerful. These are these are words that people have have used before. I'm, these are not oh, mine. These that's okay. people people often. Um, you can enjoy your own music. People like, like to talk about the sexual energy that, uh, that 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 we and especially Julie seem to evoke. Okay, you're a drummer. You should know what the time. No, I've got two lines. <laughs> I'm trying to counting your fingers. I've got two. Can I use two? No, I yeah, go no, ahead. One. I'm okay. okay with that. Um, holy shit, that drummer's hot. Ah. Oh, okay. And even I would fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> This all leads Sad. back to the other yeah. film work he's done. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Omar. You kicked my fucking ass. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. That's good. See, I didn't that hard. Um, all right. Well, hey, look. What I want to know now is what's uh, what's next for Sweet Lita? Um. You know, I'm all about tangents, so let me just, I'm going to real quick, I, I, I got to say it, because I got to say it, um, I missed my opportunity a second ago, but fuck it, uh, Lovely Molly, the film, yeah. is available uh, on iTunes, it's available on, uh, you know, video on demand, it's, it, if you like the creepy, creepy, weird stuff, it's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's, and uh, so the song is available on iTunes, and the movie is available on iTunes, and I really wanted to get that, get that in there, um, and then, and then I, and then I... Back, back to your question. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what what's next? I mean, I know you guys have uh, you have the Liberty Fest coming up, right? A couple about next. Oh month. yeah. Oh yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. We, we just we love coming to Philly. There's there's a lot of love at Dobbs. We, yeah. we did um, the South Street Festival in May, so we got to play mm-hmm. outside during the day, and then we got to play inside Dobbs at night. That was just such a wonderful day. Awesome. So I'm sure that Liberty Fest is going to be wonderful too. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, Music Fest in Bethlehem, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that. Oh, nice! 
Yeah. And then I'm sure we'll do uh, the Dewey Beach Conference mm -hmm. again. And that was so much fun. Anytime yep. we can hang out with our friends, Love Betty is a good time. Mm -hmm. We got to hang good out with guys. them at Summerfest. Yep. Yeah, I just adore them. And I mean, we're both bands with uh, female leads surrounded by boys. So we mm. we have a lot to talk about when <laughs> when Allie and I talk. So, um, but uh, we we just recently finally bought a band van. So you know we're ready to uh, explore more. We have a, a new video coming out shortly, and mm -hmm. we want to record. We have these new songs that uh, we love to play, but we need to get them out. So um, that's definitely on our to-do list. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on the whole Liberty Fest thing, you know, especially while we're here in Dobbs, we got to say how much we, we are, are thrilled to be in this room and in this building right now and um, doing what we've been doing for several years now, at least several years with, with, with this lineup. You meet a lot of ven different venue owners and agents and people like that, and it's very rare when you meet people like Jim and Vince, yeah, um, who who really truly actually care about the music. Um, I think it's I think it's the email that I get from them in their signature, yeah, and you know that, that actually allow people like unclaimed bands to to come in here and yes, and and you know <laughs> give up their their green room and allow them to. Uh, to you know, write write the weird shit on the walls that you guys have been writing since we've been here. Um, yeah, put the pen down, Joe. Um, no, but uh, you know, J Jim and Vince. Uh, oh, it's it's in their email signature where I think they have a an Eric Clapton uh, quote that that says, you know, never never do I ask myself will this sell, but I ask myself is this good enough. Yeah. And I feel like that that really sums up Jim and Vince. Um, they know it's a tough business. They know it's a tough business to make money in, whether you're uh, a promoter, agent, uh, or or band. Um, but they they really actually care about the the art and the artist and, and the music. And uh, you know, we can't say enough how much we appreciate people like that yeah they're good guys very good guys okay well uh i want to thank you for taking time uh before you play tonight to uh sit down with us and uh looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing it at liberty fest and dewey mm -hmm. okay because i'll yeah. definitely be there uh until, mm -hmm. uh until next time everybody this is sean from unclaimed bands and our guest have been sweet leader yeah. thank you thank you, thank you so much thank you guys oh yeah The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.